What's up everybody? Welcome to Object Passion. We're so glad that you're here. Let me introduce ourselves. I am Sharif Manganis and I am flanked to my left and right by Joe Wang and Thomas Kim. We're a group of industrial designers in love with objects and we would like to welcome you in to our bi-monthly discussion about all things shiny. So please pull up a chair and join on in. So what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. We're, wow, how many like episodes in? Maybe like four or five? Like, yeah, something five. like that. Yeah, five. These, they're, they're kind of going by quickly. Like this is, I mean, it's crazy. We're actually doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the thing is because we got a lot of things to talk about every week, you know, and I, yeah. I guess the world is never quiet. So good thing for us to find the good topics. Very so true, what are you guys doing? True. I saw Thomas, you installed a new uh, roll cage or roll bar on your truck. Right, right. Um, well, it's not installed yet, but I grinded all the way to the bare metal mm. last night because, you know, I bought the used one that was all rusty and stuff. So, uh, with the grinder, um, I pretty much send it down to where, you know, the bare metal is. And then I put a primer on top and then I put, um, not a clear coat, but you know, the rust resistor, you know, sort mm. of, you know, nice. but it has like a shiny effect too. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's clean now. You can still see like a little, you know, rough surfaces here and there, but you know, it's a roll bar, you know, it's meant to have rough, rough yeah, surfaces anyways. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to say. It's. Don't don't make it too too perfect. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The thing is, sure. um, you know, it's it's an old car, and I want to keep it sort of raw, like essence, kind of like yeah, rugged yeah. feel to it because you know it's a truck. And Thomas, I saw you uh, lift your cars and get a bigger tires, right? Yeah. How how is yeah. it right? It's big. I don't know if you guys ever drove like you know fat tire um, SUVs or something. Oh, yeah. um, it's really good on an off-road or like a fire road, but um, when it's on a freeway, it swerves mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I know, uh, you know, what's wrong with the envir- uh, alignment and stuff, but it's more of that tire is kind of, you know. It's squishy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it's, I have to be on a, stair, a steering wheel like whole time because, you know, mm-hmm. I have to kind of pay attention I mean, it's not really critical where it just goes over the lane and stuff, but you can kind of see, like, you know, you can kind of feel like it's kind of like riding on a boat, you know? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it kind of swerves just very smoothly, though. I was going to say, it's kind of like a car with uh, really soft bushings. You exactly. know, you feel like exactly, a yeah. little bit of shimmy or like things kind of drift and you're like, wait, wait, wait a second. Like, come on, come back. Right, right. So that was interesting. You know, first I, you know, I thought there was something wrong, but then I asked around people and they're like, oh, that's natural. You know, if once you yeah. get like a big tire. So mm-hmm. yeah, cool. but um, it's definitely higher. Um, Joe, you rode yeah. with me last time um, yeah. when I lifted. 
Yeah. And now it's even higher now. But the thing is, it's, I think it looks alive. What should I say? Badass looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted, you know. Yeah, and um, yeah. before, I mean, I still liked the tire size before, but it wasn't lifted. And uh, the guy before, I mean, put really good tire, but it was a little bit smaller. It was 235 yeah, yeah. mil, um, mm. which I think equivalent to maybe like 27 inches or something mm. like that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Now I have a 31 inch. Nice. Uh, which is pretty standard for, I guess, we'll like off road. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. can go bigger, but, you know, I think then we, I have to lift even more. And, uh, it's, yeah. Tacoma yeah. is a pretty small car anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. No, but, I think that's uh, a good size, honestly, because, like, yeah, you could go bigger, but then you're going to run into, like, clearance issues as well, you know, right. with, like, yeah, the right. steering, the brakes, like, the linkages. That's exactly. that's a good size for that truck. Yeah, exactly. Another thing is, I you know, eventually I'm probably have to change the brake caliper because mm. now that tire size is bigger, I mm. can slightly feel that uh, there's a little lag on mm. a braking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's because of the the wheel weight is now a little bit heavier. Do they make steel braided brake lines for the Tacoma? Because that may help. I haven't checked, but maybe there's something that I should check on. Yeah, like if you, if you, like I used to, back in my old WRX, I did the, I, I used to feel that way about my brakes as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did steel braided brake lines and then swapped to like a higher temperature brake fluid. Mm-hmm. And that, that pretty much went away completely. Oh, I see. Nice. Yeah. So, so I guess it, it gives you better grip. The way I see it is there there is some natural flex in the hoses and the tubing. So if mm-hmm. you can eliminate that using the the steel braided brake lines, then mm-hmm. the fluid has a much more direct path to the caliper. I see. Um, now that being said, larger wheel, larger tire is more unsprung mass. There's no way around that, but mm-hmm. I would do the brake lines first and right. see if that works because calipers are expensive. You can get a set of lines for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely yeah. look into that. Yeah. I think that's what I've been kind of up to working on a truck and, uh, you know, I, I teach at our center. So that's been going on. Um, just taking care of my father for uh, his Good. health and stuff. Nice. And Joy and I, we, we gather time to time for like good meals and, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if, I mean, it was good while it lasted. The next day was day terrible. It's, it's disaster. <laughs> yeah. It's a disaster. <laughs> so we were supposed to, just to give a little update, uh, you know, Joe invited me over to this hot pot dinner place. Uh, it's amazing. Definitely go there again. I don't know for a while, but I'll definitely go there again. The thing is, you know, hot pot normally comes with like a, like a porridge, uh, sort of like, like a soup. And then there's like a spicy one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I haven't had this spicy one for a while. So I, I just was like oh. digging into the spicy one. Yeah, Joe saw me eating that. I mean, everybody was like, you're eating a lot. But I was just like getting addicted to this spice. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of overate myself with too much of spice starting that <laughs> night till like next night. So next day, we're supposed hours. to. Yeah, we were supposed to meet up and do some work on installation for like our studio booth for like podcasts and stuff. And I don't know, I was like sweating 
sweating. I mean, I saw Joe was going restroom in and out. I was going in and out. I had to pause. I was like, Joe, I'll just figure this out. Let's just call it for today because I can't. (laughs) I went back home and, you know, like I was just living in the restroom for the rest of the day. I told Thomas that day, like, yeah, you eat, you ate too much spice. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, back it up. <laughs> you know what's so funny, though? Um, the day after, so Saturday, we, we ate dinner on Sunday. Saturday, I couldn't eat at all because, you know, because of stomach. So all we did was getting some drink and that, that was it, right? The day after, Sunday, I ate like a brunch because I had like a brunch hangout with someone. And then rest of the day, I didn't eat at all. Even that brunch was a little painful. Oh, but- God. And then you went from zero to full spicy yeah <laughs> korean spice and chinese spice is different korean spice different. is very different and chinese spice it really kill you like if you go full on to it yeah no but you know even deeper than that in case you guys didn't know like i love spice my minimum that i use is habanero i go habanero and higher on everything mm-hmm. yeah right? You sh- yeah, I'm gonna treat you spice. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm so excited because I want it. But no, like the big difference between Korean spice and Chinese spice is Korean spice is hot for the moment and will dissipate yeah. and it doesn't hang around the next day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Chinese spice, Thai it's- spice, mm-hmm. both will be like, ah, hey, yeah, two days later, here. guess what? I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took me two days to detox that spice, yep. basically. Yep. It, it took me about one day because I didn't eat, <laughs> if I eat spice, I would be worse than Thomas the next day. So I, yeah. I, I, was like, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to eat too much. I'm just going to eat the non-spice. So if it makes you guys feel any better and not alone in your struggle, I had a very similar experience. <laughs> Not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> one of my uh, one of the the local guys that I know here, his name is Don. Don is Filipino mm-hmm. and known Filipinos since I moved California. And we always, for whatever reason, just get along like gangbusters, like really quickly. Part of it has to do with our love of food and spice. Always, right? And so Don revealed to me one day that he makes homemade beef jerky. And Mm. so I was like, oh, man, I love beef jerky. In particular, I actually even more so love venison jerky. Like I'm a huge, I love the taste of deer. I don't know why. I've never hunted in my life. Mm -hmm. I would never kill a deer honestly, but I love their meat. They taste so good. (laughs) So Don, Don made me some venison jerky and much like a drug dealer, he got me hooked. (laughs) He, he does his jerky in very like super duper thin slices. So kind of crispy, but Mm -hmm. he uses the principle like you would use on prosciutto where a super thin slice gives you a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. So you don't need a really thick chunk of meat. It's like you can literally have a little like one inch square that's maybe a half a millimeter thick and it tastes like you're eating a steak. Like Ah. it's really good. So I kept on like going back to Don being like, yo, Don, what else you got? What else you got? (laughs) I was like, well, I do have this one customer who buys some really spicy jerky from me. Mm -hmm. And 
I have some leftover. Do you want to give it a try? I said, yeah, absolutely. I love spicy stuff. Now, just to, to preface this, the name of this jerky is called Firemouth. So I get it home and I'm like, whoa, this is pretty spicy. As a guy who, like I said, I literally have a bottle of just habanero sauce in the fridge right now. Yeah. I put it on eggs, burgers, pasta, like you name it. I put it yeah. on everything. I love habanero. So I ate it and I was like, whoa, this is definitely several cuts above habanero. I don't even, I don't think I've even tasted this spice before. So let me look into it. Let me see what the ingredients are. So I text Don. I'm like, hey, Don, real quick question. What what pepper did you use to spice this? It's like I wait mm, about five minutes to get a reply. Mm-hmm. I see the little dot, dot, dots appear in the text <laughs> chat window. <laughs> and two words pop up that will strike fear into anybody who knows peppers. Carolina Reaper. That's oh. crazy. <laughs> for, for those that don't know... The Carolina Reaper is a genetically engineered pepper to literally be the hottest pepper on the planet Earth. Oh, my gosh. It it is something on supposed to be something on the order of almost like 100 times the strength or 10 times. I could be wrong. The strength of a habanero. Wow. Is it stronger than uh, Mexican pepper? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, Carolina Reaper is the hottest pepper on the planet because oh, wow. literally, it's 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 not natural. <laughs> they had they literally crossbreeded, did all of this like genetic manipulation oh, in order God. to make it. Like, it's not something that actually occurred naturally. It was engineered <laughs> to hurt people, oh, basically. Yeah. yeah, it's a weapon, basically. <laughs> it, it is. You, yeah. you can literally use the juice. For, like, okay, there's um, there's only one pepper that kind of is a little bit worse, but it's worse in a different way. It's mm. called the Dorset Naga, and it's it's actually <laughs> like in the same family as the Carolina yeah. Reaper. Uh, but with the Dorset Naga, the skin is super spicy. So literally, you don't even have to cut up the pepper. You just touch, touch it, it to whatever you're like making, <laughs> and that and that puts enough spice in it. Oh my so, god! All, all these names already sounds pretty bad. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Carolina Reaper. Come on, it's <laughs> <laughs> a Reaper. Come on. Yeah, have to kill you. <laughs> so now here's the problem with the Reaper beef jerky, codenamed Firemouth, that Don gave me. Okay. It was delicious. It oh was so good. So good. I literally had like a, um, I want to say like a four or five ounce bag mm-hmm. of, of the jerky. Uh-huh. I finished it in one sitting. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> the whole thing. Like wow. no joke. Right. Oh, wow. oh my God. And my stomach definitely was like, it wasn't the worst it's ever been for sure, but it was definitely like, bro, what are you doing to me? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then I could literally feel it moving through my gut. Oh, like, my God. God. oh. <laughs> So crazy, right? But yeah. now here's the weirdest part about it, okay? Without getting okay. graphic, okay? 
I didn't have a, a, any real problems with it, like, the next couple of days. Like, mm-hmm. it was a, a, a little spicy, but not bad, really. Like, not. I would never complain about it, truthfully. Mm-hmm. What took me by surprise was when I had to do number one. Oh, when I went to go do number one, it was spicy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> How did that happen? So, so I guess it went to... The both paths. <laughs> no joke. For like a split second before I realized that I, I, I and remembered that I had eaten this stuff, I thought I had an STD. But then oh I was gosh. like, holy crap, oh it's God. quarantine. I haven't hooked up with anybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's amazing, actually. I never heard that one before. Oh, my God. Me either. <laughs> I guess if if uh, food is very spicy up to a certain level, then it actually goes into yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So it, it must have been like the oils from like yeah. the pepper and all of that stuff. Like oh my, my the rest of my body was like, dude, we don't know what to do with all of this. <laughs> Oh, that's awesomely I think, crazy. Yeah, I think Sheriff can be able to take the fight of the hot pot. I think we we are looking into May, Sheriff. Okay, sounds good, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just listening to this, I'm sort of imagining maybe your blood had some spice in it too. Then, oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Your blood and vessel was carrying all that spice around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think for uh, people in Sichuan, they always eat spice every single day. So when they eat spice, it's not like us that we will get like stomach booming and like yeah yeah yeah. They don't. They just normal. So I think it's because they already used to the spice, and then the spice is already into their body. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing with spice. Honestly, within my family, for example, there's literally only two people in the entire family that can handle spice like mm-hmm. this. It's me and one of my uncles on my mom's side. The entirety of my dad's family, the entirety of my mom's family, like they genetically cannot handle spice. I used to get in fights with my mom because I'd keep peppered habanero when I was in high school, like in the, the spice cabinet. She could smell it from the sink and she was like oh it irritates my nose i don't want it in the house yeah you know now on the flip side i've also known like several people who like my buddy chunky from art center i would go out to eat with chunky and he would get a vegetarian burger because he's vegetarian right Mm -hmm. but he would get so many hot peppers the literally the hot peppers were bigger than the actual burger patty that he <laughs> was eating. yeah no uh, joke and like i can handle some spice but if i ate what he could eat on a day-to-day basis i would be wrecked like yeah. i'd be just completely destroyed so it, it, different people like depends on where you grow up what you're exposed to some people genetically i if you watch some of the spice challenge videos there are people who've never eaten anything spicy ever in their lifetime they eat carolina reaper and they're like yeah 
I guess this is kind of spicy. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah. not human. Yeah. <laughs> because they don't, they don't have the sense of how spicy it will be. So right. the system mm. doesn't process it that fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but here's the thing. Like, also people's, with the genetic side, some people, like me, dude, when I have spice, I feel like I took, like, a hit of drug. Elevated, excited, energetic. I'm like, yo, let's go. Like, I'm yeah. Super excited, you know? Other people complain about just feeling like sick and groggy. So there's a spectrum to it. It's crazy. Well, I like, think for the side note, you know, for the, uh, I guess like little fun facts, I've watched some of the documentary of spicy food or spice in general. Mm. Regionally uh, speaking, a lot of spices, you know, I mean, you know, it's kind of obvious that the Eastern culture have more, you know, mm-hmm. food with spices than uh, the Western is because of the weather. Sure. Yeah, because spice resists food from rottening. Yeah. So yeah. they said technically spice is sort of like a poison that you put into the food for food to stay longer. So yeah. so it doesn't get rotten, but uh, it can also get fermented instead of mm. getting rotten. Yeah. So that Actually. you know you can eat the food for longer period of time. Now that's why a lot of places that are humid has a lot of different kinds of spices compared to like uh, northern Europe. They barely mm-hmm. have you know spices. They eat all they eat with is like a salt and a little bit yeah. of pepper and that's it. Where yeah. you know in like South Southeast Asia or South America, Latin America, you know these places or even down in Africa or you know these hot places where food is yeah. rottening pretty fast because of the weather mm-hmm. they come up with a lot of different spices to to put in their food so that the food gets maintained for longer time mm. so I, I think that's that why point, i have this stuff right here this is called buster ma and uh-huh. this was this comes from i think it originates in armenia actually mm-hmm. uh but it's very huge like throughout the middle east and mm. this dates back to when people were like nomadic tribes and yeah, what yeah. this is is a slice of raw meat that's literally packed with a certain spice combination hung from the Mm -hmm. air and just aged. It's never cooked. The spices actually kill all of the bacteria cook right. the meat and preserve it. When I eat it, I'm I'm eating ostensibly raw meat, but when you look at it, it doesn't have the color, texture, or feel of it. It right. looks, feels like cooked meat. Yeah. And this is the thing, though. Really, when you think about it, it I kind of want to use this moment to transition to our another topic that we really wanted to tackle today, mm-hmm. is that when you look at food, so many of us do the same things. <laughs> We all have similar exchanges and similar sort of approaches. So that kind of thing, really, I know it seems trivial, but there's more between us than that separates us. You know, we have so much more in common and so much more to share one another, you know. Right, yeah, right, right. Food is such a great way to do cultural exchange and experience different things. Yeah, Just yeah, in this yeah. conversation, we talked about Chinese food, Thai food, Korean food, Indian mm-hmm. food, spicy-ass jerky, <laughs> like all of this stuff, and Western food, right? Like For me, knowing that and knowing that we have so much in common, I'm really... I know this is like... It, it seems like a big, to the listeners, a big diversion from our... Uh, immediate topic that we were kind of laughing about, but really it makes me more and more frustrated these days with what we're seeing with kind of the rise of hate 
and right. the rise of of uh, racial antagonism and the ra- the rise of racist ideals and even tolerance of them. Yeah, right, you right. know, just as a personal anecdote, like I, I don't interact very much with the larger drone community uh, anymore. I deal with more of like the head people and mm-hmm. talk to them, but I don't talk with the kind of regular people because the community got a little toxic for me. And recently on my social media for the drone stuff, I posted this thing where it's being very aggressive and saying, I am against this wave of Asian hate. I denounce it. I condemn it. And I hope the worst for anybody that supports it. And I lost some followers, which surprised me. Right. Good riddance. Screw you. (laughs) And even some people tried to say, oh, man, don't be so aggressive. Don't be so, you know, antagonistic. And my thought is, since when is it wrong to call out racism? Right. When is that that aggressive? When is it wrong to say, hey, Nazi, I'm going to punch you in the face. You know what I mean? Right. But now these these crazy people are emboldened. And, you know, I personally don't support it. And if I see it happen on the streets, I will intervene, you know. Yeah. Uh, And I encourage all of our listeners to do so as well. Yeah. If you let me also be the first to say, if you have hate in your heart and you're listening to us, stop. You're not yeah. our people. Just right. <laughs> you're not our people. Yeah. yeah. We love everybody here equally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Hate uh, is yeah. like a virus. I, I think, you know, humans always kind of carry it around that we need to detox from because yeah. every wrong thing that humans done has based on this hate and distrust, you know, and earlier we just talked about the food and the culture, you know, it's beautiful things to see, you know, there are so many different foods or, or cultures out there. And if you think about it, it's not so we're, we're not so different from each other. You know, every humans have, you know, like we love spices, doesn't matter where you come from. Um, we love, love food. Yeah, we love food. We eat to survive, right? You know, we create society together and, you know, we love to develop stuff. And mm-hmm. if you think about all this uh, human, which we call it like instinct or, you know, human behaviors, mm-hmm. we're, we're not so different. Like somebody who's living in um, Midwest wearing cowboy hat is not so different from somebody who lives in, you know, China right. or, you right. know. Exactly. I think hate is educated, you know, in my opinion, by certain government, a group of government who wants the people to hate each other so that they could be in power. I mean, that's what the World War I and World War II was all about. If you win the war, who gets the most benefit? Is it the society or is it the people? I doubt so. it's the winners. Yeah, it's the the winners. It's it's the government. Yeah, it's the take over the power. Yeah, it's those imperialism yeah. leaders who, who wanted more land, who wanted more power, and they, they were just using that nationalism to make people 
hate on each other. Beyond just racism, I think any hate against certain group is wrong. Very misleading. Um, you need to question yourself. And I think that's why these hate crime is happening is because I don't think anybody really educate these people to really appreciate one another. And the second is they're not having enough question about what values the most. They just want to blame some other group because, you know, they're not satisfied with their situation. And that's, that's how a lot of massacre happened. You know, when Nazis killed a bunch of Jewish, it was just, it was a hate crime. It was basically, yeah, it was basically, oh, you know, we, Germany is not doing so great because of Jewish people. That's not true, but that's not true. Right. Yeah. When 9-11 happened, Everybody's finger pointing at Muslims and Arabs. Not everybody's a terrorist. It was just to happen no, yeah. to those terrorist people are Muslim, but not all the Muslims are terrorists. People got to understand that. The thing that a lot of that is gets lost in a lot of this conversation mm-hmm. about hate and these events, right? is that ultimately it's a confluence of like a number of factors okay on the on the ground and from like the governmental point of view it's a problem with poor economic status right world war one world war two happened you know uh with germany or world war two in particular happened with Mm -hmm. germany because they were in a terribly depressed economic state Mm -hmm. And they were looking for people to blame. Uh, The average person just said, well, ego gets involved and Mm -hmm. says, well, I can't be the one who's wrong. I'm the one. I do everything right. So it has to be somebody else. Right. Right. So generally, whenever you create or there is some degree of strife, particularly economic, boom, that's an instant opportunity for racism and hatred to foster. Then you mix into that a a lack of general education and social mixing, right? If you can't go to school with kids from like day one of different ethnicities, you're not going to see how you guys are all the same. When I grew up, I went to school in Metro Detroit. So I was surrounded by African-Americans, Caucasians, uh, Asians, Indians. I literally had the entire spectrum of the rainbow around me when I grew up. And I'll I'll always be thankful for that because Mm -hmm. I had best friends who were African-American, best friends who were Asian, best friends who were Caucasian, best friends who were Indian all at different stages in my life. And like, I can tell you we're all the fucking same, you know, <laughs> like, but then when you go beyond that, I think part of the, the issue that isn't addressed is also mental health. You yeah, know, right, when, right. when people are not processing the world in a correct fashion, uh, then they will come to incorrect conclusions. Like it, it's like a calculator, if a calculator is malfunctioning, it's going to tell you one plus one equals three. Right, and right. it's going to be certain that that mm-hmm. is correct. It will give mm-hmm. you one plus one equals mm-hmm. three every time. Mm-hmm. But it's not It's not logical. It's not correct. And without addressing economic hardships, educational hardships and diversity and mental health, this will continue to foster and it will be used and has been used historically by governments 
to create divisions. Former Senator Mike Huckabee over the weekend tweeted that he self-identifies as Chinese now. Uh, Let me see. I got to pull up. So he self-identifies as Chinese. Does that mean he... Stand against, he's standing for, for the Chinese people for stuff. No, 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 no. Actually, uh, here it is. It, it was so racist mixed with politics, mixed with so much BS. It's disgusting. He said, I decided to identify as Chinese. Coke will like me. Delta agree with my quote unquote values. And I'll probably get shoes from Nike and tickets to MLB games. Ain't America great. This is in response to the criticism from these corporations saying that Georgia's new voting laws are prohibitively restrictive, and Mm -hmm. he's somehow tying that to China and Mm -hmm. the pandemic. Honestly, it was one of the most disgusting statements I've ever seen. I personally reported it for hate speech. Yeah. And even uh, one of the his pastors or some religious figure in his life actually tweeted in response saying that his statement was antithetical to the gospel. Mm. You know, it's just like this is how you foster hate. Yeah, right there. Literally, by I mean, like speech is protected, and I appreciate and love free speech more than most people. But this is how you do it, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Somebody put a muzzle the, on this guy. I think this is definitely the side effect of freedom of speech and also democracy. And I think it's also, and I, I think it's also the internet and social media's effect too, because right, yeah, because social media is really very strong these days. It's their platform to get their word. Out there right. and to reach people, to reach a lot of a lot, a lot, a lot of people. It's really hard to filter things out, and yeah, especially yeah. for someone like the political leader to say something like this. We need to kind of reflect who voted or who gave these type of people power. Is basically the people, right? People of the nation. And I do get, I had um, this conversation with one of my friend a um, long time ago about this racism because he thought that um, racism will never disappear. I agree to a certain point, you know, all mm-hmm. human being creatures in general, animals or animals, any, yeah. Yeah, any living things are always cautious of something that is not as, something that you're not used to. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're loop, is different from their looks and if they the way they behave their culture or their religion is somewhat different from you obviously first instinct that comes to your mind is to be cautious just the you know nature just to protect yourself from any harm you want to keep your identity you want to keep your sort of existence as way it is right so i'm not saying that it's easy to just maneuver ourselves to be uh, racism less what I'm saying is because of that reason, we have to strive for become less racist. And I mm-hmm. think just because well, you know, some, something's different, you know, or someone's different, 
doesn't mean you can be cautious about it. You can question about it, but you don't have to hate that person. You know, right. I think yeah, hate right. is such a different, very strong, different emotion compared to just being cautious. You know, you know, you don't have to continuously cautious too after you realize that that person is not a threat or harm. Exactly. You know, they just have a but different that's the thing, though. That's the thing, though. With the the racist mentality, the pre- the threat is usually ever present. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, And this is where the whole tokenized good ethnicity or stuff kind of comes from. Right. I dated a girl whose family was fairly racist. Put it to you like this at a family function where I met her grandmother for the first time. Her grandmother looked me directly in the face and then looked at her granddaughter and said, why did you bring this sand N-word to our family get-together? I literally looked the old lady in the face and I said, you're very lucky you're old because I would put you into the dirt myself right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that was that's, my entire interaction with her grandma, the entire family reunion. That's so rude. That's so... <laughs> I'm right. out of work. It's like... Yeah. It's like, it's like, like I, I literally, I have no threat to her. Yeah. Yeah, literally said that to my face. Yeah, you know? my imagination is like, how can a person be like that when you didn't even know him? Yeah, yeah, and by, by the way, this was even before nine eleven. Wow. Yeah, this was this was before even people had a quote unquote justifiable reason to not like Arabs. Yeah, but yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I have a similar yeah. experience as you. Before I came to America, oh, by the way, I'm Taiwanese. <laughs> to the listeners out there. Yeah, before yeah. I came to America, I went to Belize. I don't know if you guys know Belize. It's mm-hmm. uh, South America next to, uh, what is that, Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the only country that speaks English in South America. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I went there with a few of my, well, not few, a group of people that wants to learn English and wants to travel and around. So I went there and then stayed there for two years. And then the first, the first few months of when I get there, I got hate, a lot of hate mm-hmm. because I'm Asian, because I'm from Taiwan. I speak Chinese. Taiwanese, I speak Chinese. I actually get into a fight with, with a black guy. Mm-hmm. And then he says something to me that says something that I'm not going to say again because it's all the same. Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff. Typical okay. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we fight. We actually fight. I got kicked out of the school. Mm-hmm. For one day, actually, for one day, because Belize doesn't have that much. I, I wouldn't say that much ex- education, but it's mm. easy going. So yeah. yeah. I got kicked out in one, uh, for one day and then. Got back time after time. I actually become very good friend with that that guy when mm-hmm. I I cry against because I I actually stand up. And I told him, hey, I don't. I'm not meant to hurt you. And then we don't yeah. know each other. How about we yeah. just get to know each other? And then since we're gonna have, I'm gonna stay here for a while. Why not just make some new friends? You know. And that's from that how you point do on, it. yeah. From that point on, we actually become good friend within those time period when I was in. Yeah, yeah. I and, think and the, that's uh, how you fight hate. But yeah. Way. I think listening to Sharif's uh, story and also Joe's story kind of, you know, remind me of, I mean, I, I went through a similar situation with Joe where I moved to America when I was in middle school. You know, this Hispanic guy in our school was, you know, mocking all the Asian groups and stuff like that. And I stood up for Asian. I stood up for my friends and then ended up almost fighting with them. But then he reported mm-hmm. 
to mm. the school saying, you know, I'm trying to like fight, fight him or something when he was always trying to. Problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I got kicked out of, I wasn't in Belize. I was in America, which punishment was pretty strict. So, you know, yeah, I got yeah, expelled yeah. from school. I grew up in Brea, by the way, um, Brea, California, Orange County. Uh, it was very white, uh, Caucasian oriented mm-hmm. city. Yeah. Asian was like super minority. You know, second largest group was Hispanic. And yeah, I had to like, you know, serve, I think certain amount of community service order for me to come back to this uh, school district. But, you know, ever since then, I questioned myself, why do people hate on each other for no reason? Right, mm-hmm. right, and it right. starts at a really young age, if you think it about does. it. Yeah. Especially yeah. amongst guys who has a lot of testo- testosterone, like start coming yeah. out, you know, they go through puberty. But then if you think about it, you know, a lot of people say it's kind of natural thing. And I just mentioned before is you get uncomfortable if you encounter different sort of culture or something that is unusual to you. But then I think it's the education. So like what Sheriff mm-hmm. said, like mm-hmm. the, uh, the old lady, the uh, your ex-girlfriend's grandma, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, she was being very racist, mm-hmm. I think. Or, you know, like Joe's, the, the newly made friend who used to, you know, make fun of, you know, Asians. These kids probably learned from their parents or grandparents about what or, they talked about. Or they know? just felt that discomfort themselves and they decided to act on it. Or mm-hmm. even, not even, or no, sometimes they were just, sad. because I think for some of them, they don't know who you are. They don't mm-hmm. know why you look the way yeah. like you look. Because you have different skin type, different different skin color. So naturally, they will be like, we are not the same. Yeah, the yeah. thing is, I teach this group of young kids, right, in our center. And there are so many different rate, uh, you know, ethnicity for these kids, mm-hmm. too. What I realize is they address difference to each other more easily and more comfortably. And the uh, person who gets that difference don't normally get offended. And I realize why, because their parents kind of teach them, even if the other person is different, that's natural. That's how it is. You know, so this white kid will tell this, um, you know, Asian kid like, oh, you know, um, do you guys eat sushi every day? Because like, I love sushi, right? He wasn't coming off to offend the uh, other kid. He was more of, you know, genuinely because he loves sushi. Uh, he just is very interested in the other culture. So even if you're different, you know, way your parents kind of bring you up can tell that, you know, these kids will behave in a certain way. And I realized because I, you know, stayed in this Asian community in America for quite some time. And this older generation, like our parents' generation yeah, or above, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. they are trying to fit in this American society, but at the same time, they have a very, very rooted skepticism against Hispanics or black people. Right. Like for us, our generation, we are very open to just make any friend. I went to high school here, went to our center. And there's so many different ethnicities. We met black people, yeah, you know, yeah. white people, mm-hmm. um, people from Europe, people from different part of Asia, Middle Eastern people, you know. People um, from Africa. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That we get to understand each other easily because as we grow up, we make different friends. I had my uh, Turkish friend. I don't know if you guys remember uh, Burke 
and Ege. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. He, they would always bring Turkish delight ever, every time they go on a vacation to Turkey nice. and come, come yeah. back. Mm-hmm. You know, as a group, we have K group, right? Korean group and all these guys. We just gather and then just, you know, swarm and, you know, just finish that up. Dude. You know, those are wonderful. And the beauty even of, of that, like I, I had some friends at Art Center who were Turkish. I, I'm part Greek. And if you guys don't know, there, there was a war between right, right. Greece and Turkey. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that the older generations still hang on to, but the younger generations don't care oh, about yeah. at right, all, right. which is most cultures these days. I have but, a lot of experience with that. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny part is when you're cool with everybody, you can joke about that stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And yeah. like when one of my, when my buddy Gherkin came over and he took like one of my pieces of candy and I was like, are we going to start a war over this now? And he just started <laughs> laughing, you know, just because he got the joke. He knew exactly yeah, yeah. where I was yeah, coming yeah, yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. You can have that kind of thing with people from different cultures if you know each other's history and the backgrounds, right? Right. I used to joke with one of my Korean friends who was just like, oh, man, all you guys do is put out affordable cars and, like, K-pop. And he turned around to me and he was like, and what have the Egyptians done since the pyramids? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, you got me. You know? <laughs> it's zero argument. <laughs> and, then he, and then he turned it again. He was just like, and the Greeks have done what since democracy? <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> See? And like, you can have fun. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? This kind of uh, vibe, very hard to be happening among Asian and among like Chinese and Taiwanese like mm, right environment because yeah because hate is already yeah, been yeah, like yeah, yeah. like so the, fun- the fundamental of it's already yeah. there no, and, and, and it's still very active and real active. that is the problem it's yeah. really active so so when you say like you can you guys can joke about it, it's like it's really good it's like I, I, wish, also- I wish I mean I mean for us. For like me and maybe like me and Andy, we can joke about it, but that's yeah. it. Not many yeah, people can take the joke. Ma- mainland China, Taiwan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that that's mm-hmm. not a joking situation. <laughs> it's, you know, like, it's yeah, it's really ongoing because, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's sometimes different, will, right? Yeah, sometimes they will. Even though we are, we all speak Mandarin, there's still a racist racism like stuff inside this community, inside yeah, right, this yeah, yeah. umbrella. But you see, know. The, therein lies the problem, right? Again, it's it's in-group versus out-group. Yeah. You belong to me. That makes us more powerful. That must mean we're better, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's funny. Whenever somebody gets involved in something, they want you to join, right? Why? Why do they want you to join? Because you're part of one of their groups, and they want to reinforce that bond by having you join into this group, right? Mm -hmm. And that ensures that, oh, oh, we believe the same things. We we like the same things, right? And, like, I never understood that. Like, why do I have to join and do all the things that you do in order to be the same as you, right? Right. Like, a perfect, very simple example of this was when I was in my first university, I made a lot of friends who were from Chicago there, and a lot of them were goths and, like, heavy metal musicians and stuff like that. 
at that stage in my life, I was very into like electronic music and hip hop. But what a lot of people don't know about me is I have a really deep, like heavy metal side actually. And I used to be, I used to play guitar. I used to play Metallica and competitions and like win and do all of this stuff. So like when I met up with those guys, even though like I didn't listen to and engage in the same things they did, we had that commonality that we could talk about. And then they were like, well, Sharif, like, why don't you wear more black? Why don't you wear leather Mm -hmm. trench coats? Why don't you dye your hair and do all of this stuff? And I was like, why do I have to wear the same uniform if Mm -hmm. I like the same things and I'm into the same things as you guys, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I know the music. I know the, I know it from performance. I understand it from this and that, but like, why are, is there a uniform that I didn't know of? Did, did we have a meeting? <laughs> like, right. and that forced conformity is, is a fallacy, right? right? Like we don't have to look the same. We don't have to dress the same to right. have the same values and to share the same interest in things. And that's very true of our skin color, our eye shapes, our hairs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's, it's like clothing. It doesn't, if you really believe in a soul and who you are is like some deep sort of ethereal mm. thing, yeah. then this is just clothing. It doesn't yeah. really matter. <laughs> I you definitely, know? Uh, you know, agree but also at the same time, uh, I think there are some um, powers in formality or unity yes. sort of thing based on, you know, like certain, you know, characteristic of group, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I yeah, think yeah. it really depends on the value that we're seeking, you know. And definitely the racial group doesn't necessarily have to be the, the, the main value for, for exactly. you know, this sort of unity, you know, like what Sheriff, you mentioned, that if music itself is the connection to the people, then why do you have to be in certain way, right? Right, right. Now, I, I understand, like, you know, certain, like, school bands or, like, school sports team wear, like, like certain uniforms and stuff like that to represent the school, you know, because that kind of brings the people together and you unity, know, right? Yeah, unity together, right? But right. within that, you know, within the sports team, there's no such thing as okay. It has to be all Caucasian. It has to be right, all Asian, right, 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 right. right. Exactly. Just, exactly. As long as that person has a passion for that certain sports, you're in it. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, and if you're qualified for you know the, the good skill, then you're you're you know part of the team. You know, exactly. Yeah, running for the school. So I love the sports analogy. I really do because sports is such a healthy, competitive environment that it allows for people of one group to be against people of another group in a healthy way. Exactly. I always think that group can bring people together because nowadays, if you look at news, everything is about hate. Everything is about mm-hmm. like money and divisions and stuff. But only sports, only basketball, like Formula One, like you name it, only the sports that can bring people to the happiness and joy of their life because right. they can enjoy the game, they can talk about the game, and they can share the moment of the game. Sometimes when I see people do good on sports, I will be heartwarming. And then when you see like a lot of different rays in one group, 
in the sports, they help each other. You will feel like, wow, that's heartwarming. Yeah, yeah. Only, only in sports you can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You only in sports you can see this kind of relationship. Yeah. Dude, it, it, to, to your example there, it was, it was one of the most, uh, one of the things I'll never forget from my years of playing sports, like I used to play hockey and go to hockey camps. Mm-hmm. And I used to go to one that was in Guelph, Ontario, up yeah. in Canada. It's about nine hours north of Detroit by car. Right. And what was really amazing there was, first of all, for those that don't know, hockey is a Canadian sport. It originated in Canada. So it has almost an association with Caucasian people and particularly ones that say about instead of about. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, the Canadians are totally wonderful people. Don't don't let me (laughs) poke fun at them. I love them actually quite a bit. Uh, I've spent large parts of my life in that country and very thankful for it. So anyways, at this at this uh, hockey camp in Guelph, Ontario, it was at a university mm-hmm. and they had a wide range of people that would come to this place from across the world. Right. And so, OK, I'm Middle Eastern, but I grew up in America and in Detroit. So I have a connection somewhat to hockey because mm-hmm. of that, the Red Wings and whatever. OK, so there's some understanding of why I could be there. Right. But then I looked around the locker room on our first day, and we had a whole group of kids that were from Mexico City that were there to play hockey. And I was like, whoa, they play hockey down in Mexico City? That's pretty awesome, right? And then the next day, a few British people showed up. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I like the Brits. And I ended up being, like, best friends with the British guys, ended up dating one of the Mexican girls. (laughs) But the thing that will never, never like uh, escape my memory from that time was that, you know, you rarely see African-American people play hockey for whatever reason. It's very uncommon. Mm -hmm. Uh, And within the British group of guys, there was a African British dude who was there. And I was like, whoa, that's super cool. You know, like I was young, of course, like I'm going to overreact to these things, you know. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. And he got on the ice and he styled on Mm. all of us. Mm. He was like probably one of the best hockey players I've ever seen in my Mm. lifetime. Yeah. You know, and it, it goes to show you that like here's a guy, African, British, so different race, different uh, culture than the norms of hockey Yeah, in Canada, you, you know, in a completely mm-hmm. different country. And he's better than all of us, Yeah, you know, and it, it, it breaks every single racist assumption that somebody could make, you yeah. know, and that happened within sports to mm-hmm. Joe's point. Yeah. That's, that's why I love playing sports. Also watching sports because Nowadays, mm-hmm. there's just so many sadness around the world. Speaking yeah. of sadness, there's another shooting yesterday in Montreal Park. Yeah? Yeah. Just Jeez. across a JJ Cafe, there's another shooting. But really? Who was the shooter? Undefined yet. But uh-huh. the restaurant is Chinese restaurant. Uh-huh. So even though they didn't say racism is related, but 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. Come on. Who who else will not think about it? <laughs> right, right. You know? Yeah. And it just it's it happens yesterday at night. Like, oh no. I think it's around ten o'clock. That's yeah. Crazy. And then when I saw this news, I'm like, I feel sad, honestly, because even though I'm Taiwanese, but we are still all people, human, and like, yeah. Even yeah. though even though we have back in the past, there's a lot of hate between us and Chinese and stuff like that, but. For all generations, we don't really care because we are all friends. Yeah. We are all the same. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. You know, I think uh, a lot of the older generation still living in that imperialism, nationalism yeah. Yeah. sort of society. They think that um, the country's being liberal is sort of threatened because yeah. now yeah. we're relying on each other's too much. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's why Trump happened. I think that's why a lot of the countries are going back to very conservative, um, quote unquote. And I'm, I'm not saying conservative is bad, but why did I say quote unquote is because extremist conservative, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, those yeah, people who are, you know, who just wants to close their cu- country and then just, oh, you know, we're just going to live happily by ourselves. Well, that's not going to happen, you know? Back then, maybe. When uh, the human society was still immature, and I'm not saying right now is mature enough, we still got to seek for more maturity as we go further into the future. But um, back then, when the violence was acceptable, yeah, maybe you know, like just growing uh, militaristic power and uh, overthrowing um, other countries' government and take over their lands and stuff right, is right, right. you know the way to to live happy for, for the, the winner, but it doesn't work yeah. like that anymore. You know, we realize we're, we have internet, we are interconnected so deeply to one another. You know, we can look at the TikTok from China in America right, right now, right? Mm, right. Yeah. People in China are driving Tesla, you know. Um, right. There's so many in- integration happening within the nation that there's no point of, oh, we're Chinese, we're Japanese, we're um, British or whatever. It's more of like we're one people living on this earth together. Right. And I yeah. think it's the earth. upper generation who mm-hmm. still think that in order for us to have a growth, we have to overthrow the other person. And I think it's it's because the educations that they have back then. Yeah. Because the educations that my family had is that you have to be powerful. You have to be like very very uh, protective yourself. Yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of Asians that comes out is very protective and very uh, conservative. Right. And I think that's that will hurt. Yeah, right. that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like it's right. it's a fallacy, right? Yeah. You can't yeah. you can't have all the things you want in mm-hmm. life in the world at the prices and you know costs that you want them at, and then be protective and exclusionary of the rest of the world. Right. Right. Uh, Globalism has been on the rise for at least the last 50 years. This is Mm -hmm. not something new. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. We have been doing uh, really global exchange and try in an attempt to stabilize global markets for ever now. Right. Right. And you don't get to sit here and say you want your Sony TV, but then screw the Asians, you know, like you you can't have both. Right. And then, 
even that you would the argument would be like okay well if i want to say screw them then why don't we have american manufacturing well guess what i deal with manufacturing mm-hmm. i deal with manufacturing to get anything manufactured here in the united oh, states mm-hmm. you immediately need to multiply the price by 5 mm-hmm. to 10 times okay yeah. right. so your $5000 television yeah, you want to pay twenty grand for it? Okay, we'll yeah. we'll make it here tomorrow. Yeah. But but consumers don't want to do that, right? right. Mm-hmm. So again, one of a moment like this for me was crystallized. One of the times that I was in Egypt, okay, mm-hmm. there is a store, a, a European chain called Carrefour, that is like Walmart to Europe, Middle East, the rest of the world. And in there, they have all the things like Walmart has, like TVs, groceries, you name it. It's the same model, basically. And in there, I saw a hyper, mind you, hyper-traditional Islamic woman, okay? Mm -hmm. When I say hyper-traditional, what I mean is not only did she have the hijab, but she she had completely covered her face, mm-hmm. so you could only see her eyes. She was wearing gloves, so her hands would not be exposed, and stockings and shoes. Mm-hmm. This this as uh, signals for levels of uh, conservatism within mm-hmm. Islam. Th- those are very um, uh, key signals that she is at a higher level of like being in kind of conservative mm-hmm. interpretation right. of Islam, right? right? She was sitting there haggling over the price of a Sony flat screen, okay? Mm. Mind you, the most conservative views on Islam basically, without misrepresenting, really want a return to, like, 14th century values, right. you know? Uh, at, at the time of Muhammad, and please don't, roast me if I got the century or the timing incorrect. I'm not very educated on Islam, to be 100% honest. But what struck me about it was that being an adherent to the most conservative tenets of a religion mm-hmm. tends to be exclusionary. Right. And yet she's sitting there in a French store haggling over the price of a flat screen TV mm. made by a Japanese company. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have both. If you want to be and adhere to your hyper-conservative exclusionary values, then don't shop at these places. Right, right. right. You know, buy these products if you truly believe it, if you are a true believer. Otherwise, you're just posturing and you're just making noise, and I have no reason to truly believe that you believe what you're telling me. Right, (laughs) right. Yeah, yeah, I actually have something to add on to that story. Um, my brother-in-law is Caucasian. I've realized that not just my family, but a lot of, uh, uh, you know, my Asian parents from, um, you know, above our generation, mm-hmm. you know, they love to keep their tradition going, right? Right. And, uh, you know, whoever you get married to, they want to oh, stay they, within that, yeah, you know, the same, same culture same, and stuff, right? Same, yeah. My, yeah. I think my solution to this racism 
I think have a two things. You know, one is education we just talked about, but one other thing is the marriages in between different ethnicity, different cultures. Oh you know, yeah, we got to make a bunch of multi-race babies. Man. Exactly. <laughs> Let, let's get started, bro. <laughs> you know, maybe my father because he works at, at a, a global company, but um, you know, my mom, you know, my parents normally stay in this Korean community, right? When mm-hmm. uh, my brother-in-law uh, joined. Um, our family, um, there were some conflicts here and there, you know, just, you know, very minor, but I realized, you know, my brother-in-law was very, you know, trying his best to understand the Korean culture. And same time, my parents were also trying to, trying best to understand the American culture. Now we're a wonderful family, you know, and my parents are open to have, you know, any sort of culture coming into our family. So, they, they don't mind me getting married to any of the ethnicity now. Plus, their skepticism of different ethnicity has disappeared. Yeah, and yeah. from there, yeah. I realized the love is the solution, you know. And the ultimate love a lot of people get is, you know, someone you date, someone you get married to, right? Eventually, yeah. your family, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's one thing, you know, this mixed cultural um, family uh, will, you know, bring in a lot of sort of understanding of one another. And yeah. I realized these, you know, people who are committing hate crimes are normally from a family that are, you know, like very close off and they just care about themselves only. Very yep. selfish nature, you know, that's, yes. that's yeah. not going to really help the generations. Well, you know, they're scared of losing the traditional. Guess what? You know, everything changes eventually anyways. And right. do we ever lose our tradition? No, like, um, actually, we Thank expose you. our, yeah, we actually expose our tradition to different cultures. Now, Sharif's get to enjoy uh, Korean food. I get to enjoy hot pot, you know, which, well, you know, got me some stomach ache, but I still enjoyed it, you know. <laughs> And, you know, I get to, you know, like I sat around with a bunch of Chinese friends, you know, like Joe's roommates at the night we had hot pot and they were speaking in Mandarin to each other, but they were never disrespecting me just because I'm the only Korean there. Whatever the conversation needs to happen with me, they speak English. Same Mm -hmm. thing with my friends. I have like two Malaysian friends, Darren and Aaron, you know, they hung out with a bunch of Korean guys. And whenever Darren and Aaron gets involved to the, the hangout, we speak English together. You know, what's so hard yeah, about yeah, that, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just, just bring them in, like welcome them in, you know? Why why do you have to always exclude? It's not so much a big effort to, you know, bring somebody from different culture into the group to Im- right. being inviting, you know? Right. Dude, to your point exactly, okay? I personally, I've dated Caucasian girls, African-American girls, uh, Indonesian girls. Mm-hmm. Mm. Chinese girls. Oh, you dated a uh, lot of girls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, Middle Eastern, Italian. Wow. Uh, You're all over the place, man. Yeah, because <laughs> guess what? It, love all- is love, man. <laughs> You're full of love. You're full of love. <laughs> I got a lot of love to give, baby. <laughs> Too much to share. <laughs> but that's what I'm world. saying, though. <laughs> yeah, the world. 
<laughs> I do with open arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure no, you I'm got a lot of opportunity. You yeah, know? you got a lot of benefit out of like dating all these different cultures too, right? Oh my god! I mean, really, like, I, and he, the crazy part is, like, it, it only reinforces how similar we all are. I, there's so many, for example, similarities between. Uh, uh, Asian customs and traditions and even superstitions that are shared with like the Middle East. It's kind of weird, right? right? But then, for example, like I've also dated, uh, Hispanic women, different, um, uh, uh, Hispanic ethnicities. And like I've been down to Mexico, for example, me and my parents, we get mistaken. For being like Mexican, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. So how has that happened? Because we're Middle Eastern, we we look like we're traditional Egyptians, and Egyptians look different, for example, than Iraqis, Iranians, and so forth. They have right. slightly different um, facial features and head shapes to them. Mm-hmm. But then we get mistaken for Mexican in Mexico all the time, and yeah. then Iranian and Iraqi people don't. Right. But then Egyptians and Mexicans built pyramids. So that's kind of weird. Right. And like there's Mm -hmm. so much weird stuff that happens. You start seeing everybody is so similar. And I'm a mixed race baby. Uh, I come from two different, very different cultures. And that's only enriched my life. I've had the benefits of both. Like even what you were saying, when I go visit my families overseas and I hang out with like my cousins and their friends, they do the same thing with me. They speak in English around me. They use me to practice their English, on, right. you know, and we have cultural exchange there. We debate global foreign policies and why is America taking a stance on this or, you know, this and that or like. I'll critique them and say, oh, what's going on with, like, Greek or Egyptian politics here? And, like, we have exchange and open dialogue. Nobody hates on me, you know, when I'm there. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, when I've been in Egypt, I've had some, you know, young kid bike past me and be like, oh, stupid American. And I just turn around and do him and say, I may be stupid, but I still love you. And, like, the kid is stunned. He has nothing to say. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Uh, that's it. Like, that's the extent of it. And that maybe happened once mm. in my 40 years of going back and forth, you mm-hmm. know? So <laughs> love is love, man. We can, we, we can share by mixing our cultures, by dating other people, by giving other people a chance, like, yeah, you, you never know. You know what I mean. I like, highly recommend all the audience to uh, date somebody who are not in your culture. You know, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Seriously. seriously, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It was a lot of fun for me uh, dating a Chinese woman when I was in China <laughs> because I I had you know you know coming from Korea and uh, you know Koreans have this kind of mixed feeling with China too because. You know, Korea's been always treated as, you know, they say like a younger brother, like from Chinese per- point of view. Mm. But then, you know, how yeah. Korea, like recently culturally, they're, they're like booming and, you know, they've been yeah. kind of exporting a lot of culture to China. Um, I guess China had this also misfeeling against Korea, say, thinking that, 
oh, you know, they used to be like below us, and now they're yeah. kind of like mm. you know going above us. And you know, they they like Korean cultures, but at the same time, they want to uh, kind of restrict, kind of suppress the Korean mm. um, sort of you yeah. know culture coming into China and stuff like that, right? So um, you know, just hanging out with this Chinese woman really understood. Where that is all coming from, you know, and it's it's history, you know. I understand, you know, like even the 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 rooted hatredism between Korea and Japan, you know, similar yeah. with uh, Greek and Turkish, right? You know, we yeah. we were colonized by Japan for a long Actually, time. Yeah, much worse, I would say. Yeah, know, it, it was pretty similar to uh, Nazi and Jewish. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. That's much more accurate. <laughs> yeah, Korea was like massacred, and yeah, you know, yeah, and even before the colonialism, Japan always because you know Japan was an island, they always would trying to invade Korea to uh, go go on a war with China, and Korea, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. being a younger brother, like always would stand up for China, you know, not just for our country, just for the China too. So so we would always. Yeah. Be like the protective shield for for um, for China, you know, against Japan, and that's why Korea and Japan has this such a big long rivalry history. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I have a lot of Japanese friends. I've learned from um, you know Japanese designers. Um, they taught me a lot of good values. I love some Japanese brands. Right, Tamiya is Japanese brands. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and those things really the. We're not so different from each other. It's just that yeah. historically, stuff happened because of some guys or group of guys wants to steal some stuff from the other country. You know, yeah. that's how it all start started. You know, so um, I think that's the thing, right? Like that—that's also part of human nature to some degree, right? Like think of uh, tribes. Like you're you're sitting there and. You have, uh, you know, only so many resources and they're running out. Somebody has already done the work for those resources. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go invade them and take their resources because it's easier than fostering a relationship with them, trust. And then now it is doing an exchange. I have to wait. If I attack them, I don't have to wait. And. I can probably make them work for me, so I never have to do that work again. Yeah, you know, it's it's stupid, you, yeah. you know, and and it's a very poor poor justification for things. Yeah, you know? I think like the last thing I w- would love to mention is about the internet. You know, like earlier we were talking about how internet provokes people. And you know their oh, racism, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. like how oh, yeah. these certain um, politicians, um, certain influencers who are racist, are bringing in these racist uh, contents for yeah. people to react on it, and then provoke them to actually go out there and start doing uh, hate crime, even though they don't admit. Um, I think you know, internet is such a powerful tool. Um, at the same time. We can, I believe, we can cure the racism by the internet too. You know, if mm. we utilize this tool and spread the love, you know, and spread the, oh, yeah. the kindness yeah. um, and understanding one another through internet, you know, I get to indirectly experience different cultures and different races 
you know, throughout yeah. the world. Uh, I'm not so um, cautious, you know, by, um, you know, someone who with different religion, different race, because I understand them, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. on, on top of that, no religion promotes people to be violent. There's no, no religion. Um, after 9-11, I had this conversation with this Muslim friend, um, and he was very angry that these terrorists killed such a many people, you know, because yeah. mm-hmm. he says, Allah never told anybody to kill people, you yeah, know, right, right. who has a different belief, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every religion talks about love, talks about kindness, and I yeah. don't know where they came from. That's from the hatredism from the people, right? Yes. Yeah. That comes from the people who are preaching the religion, distorting faith. Right. Right. So I highly suggest every, you know, audience, I hope who had this hate inside uh, would change their mind just by listening to our conversation today. And every day, I hope... uh, you know, if you go out, meet someone, just be kind to that person, you know, uh, just, just embrace. Be, yeah. Just embrace, mm-hmm. be tolerant, uh, try to listen. You know, I don't expect you to change, you know, your way of your life, but at least understand that everybody's different and just accept the other person as who they are. Yeah. And, yeah right. You know, I think that's a great start to eliminate the racism and hate crimes in the United States or in the yeah. world. Yeah, and I would add, I would like to add on to that, like the internet and social media things. It's like you can use it, but use it in the right way, right? And then use it in an impactful way, like yeah. spread the word and show love to yeah. your colleagues, to people online, and don't come out and have the hate in the beginning. Switch, right. change your mind, come out and then have a calm mind first, and then try to understand people and try to try to talk to them if they have any issues or stuff. But don't hate them. It's hate is not a right way yeah. to solve problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as an Asian, I would you know also recommend you know our Asian community to spread the love too. You know, I think we are also doing the same thing to other racial group such as Hispanic or mm-hmm. Black people, right? Um, as much as we get hated right now, and I you know hope this resolves pretty soon and um you know i feel bad for those victims who you right. know died or got mm-hmm. hurt you know mm-hmm. i pray for them and their family uh but we should also be the first one to spread uh, love too you know i think and we- on that note specifically <laughs> if there are any asian girls who like slightly overweight Chubby guys who are kind of like big teddy bears. I'm ready to spread the love, all right? <laughs> Just come tap me on the bottom. Contact us, yeah. I mean, sure, he's a great guy. You know, I assure, I assure. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I highly promote Sharif. <laughs> to be your boyfriend or husband. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Oh, great stuff! Great stuff. All right, you guys. I, you know, I, I think we touched on a lot of really good issues. I think there's so much still that we could delve into. You know, uh, that 
we may we may jump on this topic again in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, yeah. I, I personally would love to delve into uh, the the sort of problems with social media and like media in general these days because it, it it's designed to just elicit quick emotional reactions. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a large part of like what's radicalizing people to some degree. Yeah. Um, and you know, that, that's, but that's a very big topic. I think really for today, I think the real takeaway for all of our listeners really should be like, share the love, man. Yeah. Like we're all the same. We're all equal. We're all made of the same stuff, you know? Like right. really, as the old saying goes, you cut me, I bleed. And, yeah. and that's the same for all of us, you sure. know? So it, try, try to be, try to be the positivity and the light you want to see in the world. Share some positivity and good with the people in your life. Check in with the people of color in your life and mm-hmm. see how they're doing. All of us just within this conversation have been able to share and will in the future be able to share new stories of mm-hmm. racist experiences. And that that's just part of our lives and right. will continue to be. And right. that that shouldn't be okay. You know, that, that shouldn't be the norm. So right. Right. let's all make an effort kind of going forward to be positive, to share positivity and, and love one another equally. We are, we are all family. <laughs> yes, we yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wanted to share one more thing. There's a very good hashtag around Formula One community nowadays. It's called We Race As One, meaning nice. mm, they are racing, but racing in other words, it's, you know, like a whole group thing. We race as one. That's all. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, me too. Well, on on that funny note, I always had this this uh, crazy hypothetical in my head, and I wanted I always wanted to ask a a, a real dyed in the wool hardcore racist this question, right? If aliens visited us tomorrow <laughs> and waged war against us, would you not fight next to an Asian? next to an African, next to a Middle Eastern person to save this planet. That's us as humanity right. versus, versus an external threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Would you, would you really, would you really sell out all of those people in, mm-hmm. in this battle? That's, that's hard for me to believe that they would even yeah. for their like own survival. That's right. That's a tough mm-hmm. hypothetical. And I don't think a lot of people would actually be able to do it. Yeah, me too. I'm just having this exact, same exact idea and thinking just 30 minutes ago in my mind. I'm like, I'm yeah. going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Baby culture. <laughs> Great minds think alike. All right, you yeah. guys. Thank you again for for tuning in to us. We, we always like really appreciate it. We love you guys for, for sticking around on this particular one. This one was, was very important to the three of us to to discuss and, and do if for no other reason for ourselves to, to, to make a statement about it and put something positive into the world. So thank you for, for spending your time with us. We, we genuinely appreciate it and go love somebody, man, go love somebody. And please contact Sharif if you are interested. <laughs> yeah.